Libby. And I'm Farron. And this is the tip of the iceberg. I was bullied by Amanda in elementary school. Good morning. Hello. I mean, it's morning now when we're recording this. Who knows when yeah, I'll actually post it? Who knows what time? Two a.m. People will Sunday leave. night. <laughs> <laughs> That's my mo. I yeah. Don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's morning. Oh, morning. Perfect. See? So good morning. Good yeah. morning. Good morning. Um, we have a great podcast for you. Um, I know a lot of people are really concerned about, you know, safety and prevention and how not to to be victim to certain crimes. And Mm -hmm. so we did find an article that was really helpful and it's about how not to get raped. So there's some really helpful tips that we're going to talk about and I cannot wait to get into it. Um, Because, you know, it is as simple as the five easy steps that they list in this article of how not to get raped. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. But first we wanted to touch briefly on the Epstein stuff that was happening just because we did podcasts about that a few weeks ago um and it's kind of in the news right now yeah because Epstein's dead yep um well so he attempted three weeks ago mm-hmm. and was for some reason and I'm not a I've, I've never worked for a federal um like prison system obviously so I don't know how long people are kept on suicide watch after they've attempted in prison but I just feel three weeks is rather short uh to take someone off of suicide watch. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know either, but I know, like, if you were to go to a behavioral health hospitalization situation, you're not there for longer than 72 hours. That's true. So I don't know. It just seems like he has a lot of... He really has nothing to lose. Had nothing to lose. That being said, if you had chronic clinical depression and like high risk kind of like high risk for lethality when we do domestic violence work if you had like high risk for lethality for suicidality i assume you know they'd up the ante a little bit yeah well and he's the most important prisoner in the federal prison system right now um was well was he was he was (laughs) um so yeah everybody's outraged at the justice department because Mm -hmm. some some balls have been dropped right and I um, was reading a news article this morning that said that his autopsy came back and that the coroner is pretty sure that it was suicide, but there were some injuries involved that are more consistent with homicide. What? Yeah. So I don't think that that means that someone killed him, but... um, What does that mean then? If somebody didn't kill him, what does that mean? Well, basically what she said is, I'm, I'm almost certain that this was death by suicide, but she, until she talks to the police, the NYPD, more about their investigation, she can't say that for sure. But she just said there were some injuries consistent with more like a homicidal strangulation rather than hanging. Um, and so... I'm thinking about what that might be, what the difference might be. Well, it was broken neck bones that you would see more with strangulation. So how do you do that by hanging? Well, you. she said it's possible to have that happen in hanging. It's just not as common as it is with like a manual strangulation so maybe it's possible that someone i'm all about the conspiracy theory oh man i i am all about so so i'm i'm leaning so maybe somebody strangled him and then faked the hanging maybe it could have happened dun 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 but the guards are at this prison apparently are incredibly overworked 
They were asleep when he, they were supposed to be checking on him every 30 minutes. They didn't check on him for three hours. They fell asleep because they're working so much overtime. So I think it speaks to a bigger problem with our prison system and how overworked prison guards are and prison staff and how, um, yeah, how balls get dropped all the time. Well, I think we've talked, maybe we haven't. Which we know to be true. I can't remember if we talked about this on the podcast or just in our fun friend time, but we've talked a lot about how broken the, the justice system is, especially with incarceration. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so, I I don't know, there's a lot of really important people that are still at risk of being found out Mm -hmm. because the Southern District of New York has committed to doing an investigation, even though Epstein is dead, um, to get to the bottom of if there were co-conspirators in any of this, who they Mm. were, what happened. Um, So, hopefully, people aren't resting as easy as they wish they were even though he it's just so convenient Mm -hmm. for him to just you know well and for me that's why i'm not in the conspiracy realm with this because i'm like this guy had nothing to live for like he was gonna go to prison for the rest of his life for sure like he couldn't buy his way out of this and, and and that checks out to me, but I like also why, think it's really convenient for everyone who could be implicated by him if he just goes away, because now there's not a witness to that. Sure. Sure. I, I mean, mean, I can see how people would be would be curious, because he knew a lot of really important men mm-hmm. and really powerful men. So, like former presidents, current presidents, yeah. Prince Andrew of England. Mm-hmm. So, who knows? But he is dead. And his victims now have the option to sue his estate. That's cool. Yeah, and it's he it's like million like I don't even know how much this guy's worth, but I, I don't remember. Millions and millions and I'm millions of dollars. That's so true. they have the option to sue his estate. He never had any children. Um I think he's got siblings, maybe a sibling, but like who's I don't know where all his money's gonna go. Except Probably for to two, a charitable organization. Oh my god, I hope that they don't give it to a rape crisis center. I was going to say, who do you think that he's I mean, left his estate to? If if Epstein was to donate all of his estate and all well, of his... Well, he was a humanitarian, I think. Exactly. Just exactly. like James Brown. So <laughs> so where do you think he's donating his money to? Probably This education. is just a fun guess He game. taught. He was a teacher. So I would bet education. Because he was a teacher before he was rich. Not like trafficking. No, I bet not. I bet it's not going to have go to Sexual any... Sexual assault. Any, like... Child no, abuse? No. Maybe. I don't know. I'm speculating. I'm sure that he thought he was helping those girls, to be honest. Oh, he's sick. He's providing them with resources that... That's uh, what he said. That he... That they needed. That's what he said. In fact, one, one victim yesterday filed a suit against his estate. Good. She said he started grooming her at 14 and raped her for a year. consistently over a period of a year after that that's helping her yeah (laughs) he helped her he helped her become completely traumatized forever forever yeah so he is uh one less person our tax money is having to pay for to rot in federal prison but it's pretty crappy that they dropped the ball like they did they really wanted to keep him alive they really needed to keep him alive. I know. I, 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 I agree kinda, with you. All I thought about when I heard the news was the prosecutor, because I'm just picturing prosecutors that I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I, 
anxious. Like, <laughs> prosecutors that I know, if we had, like, an inmate that was that important and he killed himself in jail or in prison, oh. in jail, and, like, it was found out that the guards were sleeping and falsified logs mm-hmm, so that mm-hmm. they would... I just can't even imagine. Heads would roll. That, I can't even imagine it. It played out like a movie. In yeah. <laughs> I'm just picturing... The prosecutors that I know, the prosecutors in Albany County, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I bet that was a bad day for yep. for in New York. No one is surviving this. No, it would be really bad. Oh <laughs> so, my goodness. Yeah. So that's that. Yeah, I mean, so I guess whatever camp you're in, if you're the very logical and and uh, precise camp like Farron of wanting to find justice and truth, then that's great. And if you're in my camp of wanting to find the juiciest conspiracy theory... Sure, have at that. I mean, either way, watch the news, because you'll find both. You'll find both. Or um, the president's Twitter account. (laughs) (laughs) He's also in your camp. That's right. So he's been posting conspiracy theories. Mm -hmm. So you can watch watch Donald J. Trump's Twitter for the (laughs) up-to-date conspiracy theories. The latest... So what we're telling you is there are lots of resources to meet your needs, whatever your needs are. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Absolutely. Great. Okay. So speaking of resources to meet your needs, let's dive into the, the whole thing of yeah, this podcast. Yeah, because this is really important. It is really important. I haven't read it. Nope. Livy found it. That's right. But I am very eager to learn how I cannot be raped. Yeah, absolutely. Because I've never learned that. Well, you know, it it affects us personally, professionally. Sure. I mean, societally. Yeah. I, this is a big topic. Yeah. And as advocates, it's interesting that we are always looking for ways to put us out of our jobs. <laughs> you know? Yeah, totally. Like in an ideal world, we wouldn't have the job we have. No, right. I wouldn't do this work if I... There would be no violence. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so we would just have no job and be unemployed. That'd be great. I think so. <laughs> Today I feel that way. Yeah, me too. (laughs) It's time for a day off. Yeah, that's the dream. Um, So we're kind of hoping that this list does that. Yeah, I mean, this might free us from a lot of stressful work. Yeah, yeah. And oh my gosh, how many grant funds would be released if they didn't have to do domestic violence sexual assault work? Oh my gosh. We, where would that money go? It would really free up so much time for law enforcement and prosecutors and the, Mm -hmm. the prison system. Oh, we could put the money... That they spend on like doing sexual assault work that is federally funded into the prison system and hopefully fix that. Yeah, and maybe people can like not work so much overtime and fall asleep right. so much on the job. And there would probably be way less. <laughs> I was gonna say there'd probably be way less people in prison, but it probably wouldn't change that much. No, probably Hey-o! not. Because <laughs> <laughs> no one goes to jail for. Rape. No one goes to jail for. Rape. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Um, here's our list. We are in a mood. <laughs> So salty. (laughs) Um, Yeah, whatever. Okay. Um, So this list came from the CEO of Tinder. And what I learned from this is that Tinder is actually part of an umbrella organization that's called um, Match Group. And Match Group does Tinder, OkCupid, Black People Meet, Match, and Plenty of Fish. Wow. And so they are kind of the forefront in like the dating apps yeah buffet of exactly. dating apps you just get to pick whichever you want yeah and so apparently recently um sometime within the last year i don't know exactly when an, an hbo documentary called swiped came out 
Have you heard of it? No, and I haven't seen it. Me neither, but I'm very interested. Me too. Um, so this wife's documentary was written and directed by a lady named Nancy Jo Sales. And so she um, wanted to draw attention to the large number of sexual assaults and other violence that happens through like Tinder and, you know, swiping, if you will. Yeah. And so she came out with this. And I don't know if it was in response to the documentary or if it was part of the documentary. I'm not sure which it was. But as part of the work surrounding this documentary, she interviewed the CEO of this match group. And her name is Mandy Ginsburg. Okay. So Mandy, our friend Mandy, is the one that's developed these tips for us. Great. These safety tips. Mandy developed these tips? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I... Mean, I wonder how... the team. I'm interested know. to hear how she did that. But that's great. Yeah, I, and I don't know. I don't know. So Mandy says, the Me Too movement created this huge voice in the community. As a woman running the largest set of dating products in the world, uh, we have to listen to that voice. We have to adopt, adapt our products, how we... In- how we work internally, our sensitivity to things. We are creating social products that sit in the hands of women. I do think it's important for us to both protect, listen, and create the relevant, oh, products that are relevant to women. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. I don't know why I want to, I want to throw so much shade at Mandy already. Why is that? I don't know. Because her name is Mandy. Yeah. Sorry if anyone's name is Mandy, but... I was bullied by Mandy in elementary school. Yeah. So I maybe that's what it is. Also, her grammar is offensive to me. (laughs) That's what I'm picking apart here. Oh, God. And maybe it's just that I'm annoyed that she thinks that she can, like, prevent people from getting raped by giving five tips. It's just a little presumptuous. Yeah, exactly. Well, and also, this is my thing. I do think it's important important for us to both implying two things because that's grammar to do both this and this yeah yeah. however it's she says i do think it's important for us to both protect one listen to and create products how can you both three things okay mandy i need to work through some of my mandy trauma (laughs) yeah she was really mean to me fine i'm sure she's happy now probably i'm happy she's happy it's all good anyway so mandy not the mandy that bullied me but the mandy that developed these tips for women which i assume will not bully anyone i don't know Mm -hmm. um so she goes on to say like i am a woman running the largest set of dating products you know this is important the me too movement obviously there's a need and so it's important for us to both protect listen and create products and you know Make sure that women are safe. So our friend Nancy here, who I think is a real spitfire just based on, you know, the, the way this article is written. But Nancy says, um, how are you going to do that, Mandy? Mm-hmm. What, what are you doing to fix the problem, Mandy? Mm-hmm. And she said that she has some safety tips. Okay. Yep. So there's a couple of things that need to be done, she says. And some of them are safety tips. Great. And so this... It's important to note, like, in this article that I'm reading, it doesn't ever say that this was visually put on film, but it was recorded. Yeah. So I don't know if Nancy Joe was, like, secretly recording oh. or if the cameraman was, like, off and this was, like, a regular conversation. Oh, maybe. Or I don't know how much Mandy wants this to be on the record. Uh-oh. <laughs> However it is. That's too bad. Um, here it is. Well, if they're her safety, are they out for, like, the tender users to... 
read these safety tips? Like, you know, are these out so that people can use them because they're so helpful? Or She says um, the tips she's referencing are presented on IAC, so that match group site or whatever. They're targeted for at a specific subpopulation of women. So it's... What? Yeah. A specific subpopulation of women? No, what? a specific subpopulation, and then in my head it was dot, dot, dot. Women. It's okay. women. Okay, sorry. So, I, sorry. No, that was now me. I, know what you're I was saying. reading and talking at the same yep. time. So the specific subpopulation of the users of those websites, i.e. Okay. Women. women. Mm-hmm. Great. Gotcha. Yeah. Although that was never really said. This is just, you know, how to prevent sexual assault. This is on their website. Okay. We assume that it's from women. Sure. Okay. So the first tip, mm-hmm. never go to someone's house. Okay. I'm not joking. That is never the... go to someone's house. Mm-hmm. Never go to someone's house. You came to my house last week. I you know. could have been sexually assaulted there. I know. If if According I had Manny's way, I shouldn't have done that at all. Wow. So, where do you go? Is she meaning if you meet people on a dating site, you should not go to their house? You know, it's it's unspecific. Or, I'm curious. Okay. I mean, these are her tips to not get raped mm-hmm. and so it i assume within the context of tinder for sure mm-hmm. but also on a broader context okay never go to someone's house <sighs> whose house who's someone anyone anyone never go to it anyone. says someone's house well done well technically we're in someone's house right now yeah we are uh-oh. Think about it. Uh-oh. Well, listen in. Because <laughs> some, something might happen. According to Mandy. You just hear the clock ticking. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I wish you all could have seen that because basically it was silence as the clock ticked and we both and looked we were around. Watching, like, we were surveying our, uh, our surroundings. surroundings. Okay. Yeah, so that's tip number one for Mandy is never go to someone's house. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tip number two, meet in a public place. So like if you're going on a date with someone mm. for the first time, meet at like a restaurant. Yeah, which I think is a good idea. Sure. That's, we put that in safety plans yeah. all the time. And we meet clients in public places when we meet them for the first time, usually. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's safe. You know, yeah. you have witnesses. <laughs> I will never forget. This is just where my head jumped. One time I was making a safety plan with a client. I don't know if you remember this. And she was talking about how there weren't a lot of safe places. And also the only time there was like a very specific hour slot that she could meet her perpetrator. And so we made a plan for her to go to Burger King to meet her perpetrator. Do you remember this? Oh, yes, I do remember this now. But her whole worry was that it was going to get really out of hand. And she's like, I don't know if we're in a public place. He might not change his behavior at all. He might just go and like slash all my tires. And so... For the next two days that I knew she was meeting, all I could think about was like, do not go to Burger King because there will be an incident and you'll never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So meet in a public place. Meet in a public place. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Okay. This is a, this is an oldie buddy goodie. Mm. Don't drink. Oh, for heaven's sake. Don't drink because you'll get raped. What are your thoughts on that? I have a lot. Well, well, start with number three. Okay. Well, we know that the number one date rape drug is alcohol, mm-hmm. right? 
We also know that drinking, that, that, that being sexually assaulted should not be a side effect of drinking, right? Like drinking mm-hmm. too much, maybe you're going to feel hungover. Maybe you're going to do something silly. You might get a DUI if you drive. Hopefully you don't. You might fall down and scrape your knee if you're running from the cops and you're in college. That's what I did. But <laughs> I was going to say that is a very specific I did example. That. I would at college parties, yeah. But being sexually assaulted is yeah. not one of the side effects that come along with drinking. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. So don't drink is not a good tip for me. No, I don't think so either. And I don't think it's really fair. You know, that's such a huge part of our dating culture and even outside of dating Yeah, culture. like having a mm-hmm. having wine or having drinks with your friends or with someone right. you just met or having a beer. So you kind of, to eliminate that, it just feels really unfair yeah. to say, like, you can't drink. Yeah, I agree. At risk of being sexually assaulted. I don't like that. This next one is actually pretty good. Oh, you know? okay. Let someone know where you're, where you're going. Sure. That's a good one. Yeah, that is a really good one. You know, because that way somebody has tabs on you. Yeah. At least if you don't make it home, Mm -hmm. they know, like, ballpark where you might have been. Yeah. Or who you might have been with. Yeah, absolutely. Or that you were on a date with a guy. Right. We do those as advocates. Yeah. If we get called out in the middle of the night to go meet a client or go to the hospital. We tell each other where we're going. That's part of our protocols. We have to tell people... We have to tell one person so one person knows, you know. Yep. I went out. Whether it's the person you live with mm-hmm. or if you live by yourself or they're not home, then tell a coworker. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Or, you know, post it publicly on Facebook. Oh, yeah. Sure. You could do that. Then you could tell 400 people. If you only have 400 friends. That's all I have. <laughs> I'm not interested in more than that. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, some of us could tell a lot more. I could tell 400 time. people. Yep. Well, there you go. Yeah. I wonder if that gets you, like, uh, extra points for Mandy. Oh. Is this like a sliding scale? So if you let someone know where you're going, is that like one point? If you let 400 people know where you're going, is that like... Probably. 20 points. If you don't drink on a date, that's like one point, right? Yeah. But if you commit to a life of sobriety, what does Mandy think of you then? Do you win points? Do you get like gold status on Tinder? you don't get sexually assaulted. Maybe, so maybe you, you, that's, those are points. What if you've never been to a person's house? Oh my gosh. Never again in your life will you enter someone's house. And you, you are, know, I think I can commit to all of this. But here's the thing though. You are a someone. Yeah. So in that case, are you committing to so homelessness? So is my like mom. Yeah, never, never. Could you go to your mom's house? Oh my gosh. But would Mandy be proud? Yeah, probably. Probably. She, she rest easy knowing I'm safe. Yeah, I think she cares a lot. Yeah, I think she does too. Yeah, okay. Well, the last one is never go into someone's car. Okay. Which I get what she's getting at, right? I get what she's getting at. There's a lot of variables. You could be raped in a car. You could be kidnapped. You could be kidnapped. You could lose a lot of control if you're in someone's car. However... (laughs) It's very unrealistic. The problem that I have with all of these tips is that there's a difference between prevention and risk reduction, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And too often they get lumped into the same category. Right. And so 
while there are definitely things that people, not just women, but people mm-hmm. in general, can do to reduce the risk that they may be a victim of a crime. Lock right. your doors when you go home at night so someone doesn't break into your car and steal your laptop, right? Like that's reducing your risk of being a victim of theft. Um, keeping your headphones out of your ears if you're jogging so mm-hmm. that you could hear if someone's coming up behind you. Those kinds of things, like the things that as women were taught from the time right. we were little girls from our moms. Right. The problem is, is that when it's perceived that women, especially women, don't take those precautions, then they are in part responsible for a crime that's committed against them, right? And so if we go on a date and have a few drinks and get in his car and go back to his house because we think we're going to watch a movie and we're sexually assaulted, what are, I mean, I can think of five, ten things right off the bat that people are going to say about mm-hmm. me as a victim right. if, I, if I do those things. Right. That Mandy says, don't do those things. And so, really, at the end of the day, safety is important. Being aware of your surroundings is important. And all of that is true. But the only way to know for sure that you're not going to be sexually assaulted is to know for sure that you're not in the presence of a rapist. Right. Right? right. Is the bottom line. So, so that's why I don't love these kinds of lists. Exactly. And that's why I think I have so much shade for Mandy is I think that this, um, it further presents the idea or a conversation that I don't like about who's responsible right. for sexual assault. Right. Who is responsible for making sure people don't get sexually assaulted? Right. And time and time and time again... With lists like this, it's women. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's women. It's like your we're job responsible for our own not safety. to get raped. Right. And I think we've done a, a better job at shifting this, but I, honestly, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I do this work, and so I spend time with people who are good at shifting the conversation. But I think it's so much more infrequent to have tips for men not to rape. Oh, sure. You know. Or and I and we're speaking in very you know gendered gender gendered terms here and part of that is because statistically you know more men rape and more women are raped Mm -hmm. but we know that that looks different in different populations and we know that there are men that have been raped a ton and Mm -hmm. we know that there are some women that have raped Mm -hmm. and this changes you know in communities where you have elderly people or people with disabilities and um, the LGBTQ community, these, all of these numbers change. However, you know, nationwide, if we're looking at the easiest number to look at, and the, the most significant number is that men rape and women get raped. And we also know that across the board, like overwhelmingly men and women who are sexually assaulted are sexually assaulted by men. Mm-hmm. Right. In the military or in civilian, the civilian world. Even when men are sexually assaulted, it's yeah. almost always perpetrated by a male. Right. So and that's so, why, I mean, we're just being realistic. Yeah, and I know that's language. not going to sit right with everybody. Right. And, and that's and fine. that's totally fine. But it's that's just, just the facts. <laughs> so it's just that, you know, when we do this work, we have to, I try to be as evidence-based sure. as possible. And the evidence shows that that's what it is. Yeah, so that's absolutely. why I use that language. Absolutely. So if that's hard to wrap your mind around, I'm sorry. Just bleep it in your head when I use gendered language. Sure. But... I, I think that the responsibility is placed on 
the population that's being victimized. Yeah, absolutely. And I see that time and time again when we talk about why didn't she just leave? Oh, yeah, with domestic violence. Where does that place the responsibility? Mm -hmm. On her. Why didn't she just leave? Mm -hmm. It's her responsibility to end it by leaving. Not why is he abusive? Mm Mm-hmm. That's so much less common. And that needs to be the only question. Right. We don't need to consider both parties here. No. There are not good people on both sides in this, situa- in this situation. You yeah. know, like, that's the only question that needs to be asked is why did this person sexually assault her? Mm-hmm. And why did this person physically assault her? And the questions about the decisions that she made that... L- leading up to that point are irrelevant yeah and i think another reason that it bothers me so much is i think psychologically it's so harmful Mm -hmm. like when you're recovering from a trauma like that the most natural thing like when i okay so if you were to fail a test if you were to fail a test and it did not go your way and you were really upset and you were really sad about it what's the natural thing that you you do in your head oh i would be feel like crap you feel like crap yeah and you think i should have studied more yeah i should have studied more i should should have been more prepared Mm -hmm. i should have taken better notes paid more attention yep i should have i should have i should have and so when recovering from sexual assault or domestic violence that's a huge part of the work oh yeah you know is releasing that responsibility sure and knowing that there's nothing that you could or should have done you know yeah that would have made it okay yeah that would have prevented it from Mm -hmm. happening Mm-hmm. Or stopped it. Yeah. It doesn't really matter if you're, like, really snippy and you make jokes and whatever. If you get strangled, that's not a good precursor. No. Like, you know, nothing you did could have made that make sense. No. But when we hear this in the media and this is the culture of, well, did you, did you drink? And did you get in his car? Did you go to someone's house? Yep. Any person's house? <laughs> You know, they're already doing that. People are already doing that because it's only natural. Like, how do I prevent this from happening? You look at what you have control over, which is yourself. But in reality, that's no, that has nothing to do with it because people who want to rape will rape. Yeah. And we, I think we, it's easier for us to speak to this because we have worked with so many survivors who have been sexually assaulted, wearing their sweats with Mm -hmm. no makeup on, not wearing mini skirts and bustiers women who were asleep asleep in their bed yep you know so this like idea that like women who are sexually assaulted are drunk and sloppy and they're getting into people's strangers cars and they're going to strangers houses and they're wearing promiscuous clothing Mm -hmm. while all of that doesn't that's irrelevant that is not every case Mm -mm. Or even a majority I would agree. of cases of sexual I would violence. Agree. So that's stupid. Robin, that's just a moot point. Robin Thicke's blurred lines are just not the no. not the most common thing. Not at all. No. And even Lundy talks about Lundy Bancraft, who we had on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. He even talks about like how you, there are these profiles that can, you can make for abusive people and for people who sexually assault. And they might fit into these categories and they might have this, these things going on. But there's never going to be a profile for a victim. No. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. Because any, anyone can anyone be Anyone can be. There's no... If you, if you were to take a, a study of a bunch of people that were victimized, 
you know, there might be some similarities in that every group has similarities, but there's never going to be a through line like there, no. like there are with other populations. No. That's never going to happen. No. So it's really hard to generalize and make safety tips because every situation is so different and every survivor is so different. Right. But I will say that batterers and rapists are eerily similar to one another. Yes. So we need to follow those clues and those lines instead of like looking at the trends with victims, which that's, you could, that's like a needle in a haystack. Yeah. What are the characteristics of perpetrators? Because they they are very similar. similar. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, to empathize with Mandy. I'm, I'm like sinking into it a little bit because my first inclination is to be really annoyed because this minimizes the experiences of people who have been sexually assaulted. Sure. And it gives them the responsibility that they don't, they don't need. Right. Right. And so like my first thing was like, okay, Mandy, you're straight up dope. However, (laughs) I'm empathizing right now. So what I'm thinking is when people create these lists, I wonder how much of it is a grasp at control. Oh, I I think so. Yeah. Oh, I think so. I think it's a defense mechanism. Mm -hmm. I think that's why women tend to be really hard on rape victims Mm -hmm. and DV victims. You know, I've had more women tell me when they find out what I do, strangers or even women in my own family. Like, I can't imagine staying with a man that does that. Like, if he, if my husband, if your grandfather ever laid his hand on me, I would have been out, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? And so, um, and we know from talking to mental health professionals Mm -hmm. that that's just a defense mechanism. Right. That's just, I can say like, well, that wouldn't happen to me because these are the safety steps I take for me. Absolutely. Or for my my family. Absolutely. If you you look at a news article on Facebook, in the comments, you're going to find... 500 victim blaming com- yeah. comments to the the 10 supported ones, yep. right? And and it is a defense mechanism. It is like, see, this would not happen to me because of this. When yep. you see a victim blaming comment, that's what that's what they're saying, right? It's like that's the message under yep. the text is why didn't why didn't she leave? Yeah. This would not happen to me because I would have left. And we've all done that, mm-hmm. not necessarily with victims of sexual assault but like parents do it all the time when you hear right. about a kid getting left in a hot car mm-hmm. or the little kid that fell in the gorilla cage at the zoo right you know or the little kid who was drowned by an alligator at disney world and everybody's sitting there roasting the parents right. and they do it because having to sit there and hear something so tragic and think that could happen mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. is really upsetting that's really traumatic. Yep. And so instead of accepting that as a reality, we go, well, you know, I can't believe someone would be so stupid to leave right. their kid in a hot, in a car all day. And I can't believe someone would be so careless to let their child wait around in a swamp in the middle of Disney World mm-hmm. where they would never expect alligators to be floating around. Right. You know, so... I think we do this all the time. Yeah, rather than being comfortable with the fact that we live in a world where traumatic things happen and we have no control over sure. it. Sure. And that's scary. That's that's, that's a hard a, pill to swallow. That's terrible. Mm-hmm. Like if you 
how does that like that doesn't set well with any yeah like how does that sit for you is if you're just to repeat to yourself I live in a traumatic world where I have no control of what's going to happen to me. Well, and that's why people think, I think people, their immediate reaction to hearing stories of violence and trauma is to fix Mm -hmm. whatever it was about the situation that could have prevented that from happening. Right. We see it all the time with mass shootings. Right. Well, if there would have been armed guards at the school then that wouldn't have happened because they would yeah. have stopped him. Mm-hmm. And then we see Parkland where there was an armed guard at the school and what happened, right? right? So like those things don't work. Mm-hmm. And that's all that is, is our being human. Mm-hmm. Self-soothing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's natural to do that. It's like a grasp at control. And it feels really sad and scary when you catch yourself in that and you don't let yourself do that. Yeah. To just sit with, like you said, mm-hmm. secondary trauma. Mm-hmm. And accepting that really horrible things can happen to you and to your kids. And And you can't prevent those things from happening. We do this work day in and day out. And so the people listening to this are probably like, oh, you guys never struggle with that. Or you've never thought of something victim blaming or whatever. But even we do this. Oh, totally. I don't want to speak for you, but I do this. I do this all the time. I do it too. And And I think it is a coping mechanism because like... If I have a particularly challenging emotionally client or struggle or whatever, and it's and I feel it, I see myself slipping into the whoa. Well, that's oh my gosh, that poor that poor lady. So I'm so glad that I don't I don't date anyone with a dog. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's not like I'm blaming them, but it's like me grasping. At I'm control. so glad that I don't have a substance abuse problem. Yes. Yes. Or I'm so glad that I've cut toxic people out of my life. Yeah. And, you know, it sounds kind when we're saying it, Mm -hmm. like, because it's not like, don't, don't go to someone's house. That's not what we're saying. Right. But it kind of is. Yeah. It kind of is saying that. Yeah, it is. By you saying like, I'm so glad I don't have a substance abuse problem. You're basically saying like, if I had a substance abuse. If I was an addict, I'd be like her. Yep. Right. She's in her situation because she's an alcoholic. Right. I mean, that's basically what you're saying. Exactly. Without saying those words. Right. Yeah. But it's this grasp at control. Yeah. To make us feel safe. To make us feel like, okay, well, my shit is together. Right. This happened to this person, but I'm safe. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm safe. Yep. Okay, Mandy, I get you. I get you, Mandy. It's I mean, it annoying. Work, but it's, she's a human. It's, it's human. It's human. You mean you're a counselor. Yeah. You know. I know humans. You know humans. But I'll never go to, to their homes. And don't get in their car. I won't. Not their cars, not their houses. And don't don't have wine with them. Will not. I won't do that. I'm still leery about this place. <laughs> I know, we really are checking. Like, because we do not feel safe, obviously. We're at someone's house. We are in someone's house, yeah. Yeah. Well, interesting. Interesting list. Mm-hmm. Interesting list and interesting conversation that we didn't plan. <laughs> no, we didn't, but it was great. Yeah, we did not plan this conversation, but I think it is really, really helpful. And it's important. Yeah, because I am, I think so many of us, especially if we are doing this work and a little bit burnt out and a little bit, you know, annoyed all the time, <laughs> it's easy for us to see something and be like, oh, here we go again. Here we go. You know? With the rape prevention tips. Right, but understanding what is underneath it I think is super helpful I think so too at least for me yeah 
Me too. Well, I don't know if any of that is helpful for you. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe you won't get raped now. Maybe you've learned a lot. Maybe you have. Maybe Mandy achieved her ultimate goal. Or maybe we did. And mm-hmm. you will be a little bit more aware of when your brain slips into that mm-hmm. yeah. defensive thinking. Absolutely. Let me just end with this quote. This is the quote that Mandy was trying to describe these listed um, tips that are on their website. Yeah. And so when our friend Nancy asked her, like, how are you doing that? How are you doing these, you know, safety measures? This was her quote. So I'll just read this. Okay. She responds with the following. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things we need to do. One, um, we have safety tips. First of all, it's really important that women don't meet people. They never go to somebody's house. They meet in a public place. They don't drink. They let someone know where they're going. Um, they are. They take um, precaution. They let a person know that they're on a date with someone else. They never go into someone's car. Um, so there's a number of safety tips that we provide for people. And I think that people have to just take real precaution. Wow. And now, based on our conversation, we just feel sad for Mandy. Yeah, right? poor Mandy. Is that what you feel? Because yeah. like before I would have judged so harshly, but now I'm like, oh. She just doesn't know. Yeah. She doesn't know. And how, Maybe she'll listen to our podcast. How much responsibility would you feel if you were the CEO of Tinder, OkCupid, oh, Match? I couldn't do that. And responsibility, like, your job tasks, whatever, that's one thing. Right, but, but like... No. How many yeah. clients do we have that have been sexually assaulted after meeting someone on Tinder? And OkCupid. And OkCupid. OkCupid is a hot zone for yeah. danger. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah. I couldn't do it. I couldn't. Mm-mm. There'd be so be much. Be the CEO because so I would just stress. sit with so much like guilt and yeah. panic. Right, and I mean it's not it's not Tinder's fault. No, it's not Tinder's fault. No. It's the perpetrator's fault. It's the perpetrator's fault. But it's their fault. method of finding victims. They use it as a tool. Yeah, and it sucks. Yeah. For Mandy. Poor Mandy. Is this weird that this provided me catharsis with my bully named Mandy? <laughs> no. <laughs> Poor Mandy. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> I'm healed. Oh, wow. I'm a fixed woman. <laughs> See? Wow. I'm glad to have bear witness to that. That's uh, great. I'm so glad. I, I feel that from you. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, if you have any fun prevention tips, whether real sure. or imagined, <laughs> um, <laughs> shoot them our way. <laughs> Yeah, we'd love, we'd love to, to hear talk them. to them. We would love to talk yeah, about them. Yeah, we'd love to talk about them more. Um, and if, as always, you ever need an advocate for anything, whether it be sexual assault or domestic violence or stalking, um, give us a call. Even if you're not in Wyoming or in Laramie or wherever you are, we can help you get connected with a local place that can provide you support. Yeah. So call our hotline. 307 307- Seven four five three five five six. Yeah. And if you ever want to reach out and give us some hot prevention tips or any other suggestions, or if you want to share your story, please yeah. email me at outreach at safeproject.org. Have a great weekend. Mm-hmm. But don't go to anyone's house. And don't get in anyone's car. Not at all. Nope. Okay. Okay, bye. <laughs>